I would love to do this. I'd love to ask all of our veterans or active duty to just, would you stand up? And we're going to honor you here and just say, come on, can we just put our hands together for, come on, let's, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your service. So proud of you. So thankful for every single one of you. You guys can be seated. Thank you for letting us honor you. I know that that's just a little bit, but we also honor your families too because we know families sacrifice along with all of the veterans. We're just so grateful for you. And on this Veterans Day weekend, I know it's not until next Saturday, but we wanted to celebrate it beforehand, okay? We're not waiting until after. We Come on, we're going to get it beforehand, all right? And so we're grateful for you. And like I always do, I want to welcome everybody on the other side of the camera because today I want to shout out to all of our servicemen and women and especially... Uh, um, a gentleman who came to our church for a while. He was stationed here at Shepherd Air Force Base, part of the Navy. He went from here and was deployed to Bahrain. He is currently there serving in the U.S. Uh, United States Navy. Come on, can we welcome Adam Carter and all of our servicemen and women. We're glad that you're with us today. Thankful for you. Glad you're part of our church family for sure. And you know, it's a it's the first weekend of the month for us here at church, and that's, that's a, uh, a typical uh, phrase that we use around here because we, we believe that there's something about the, the first. It's, it's more about a principle for us, and so we just had first Wednesday. This past Wednesday night was the first Wednesday of the, the month, and our staff worked really hard to keep a surprise from me, and uh, they celebrated and honored me for 20 years of ministry on this past first Wednesday, and that was incredible. I appreciate that so much. And, um, and and uh, my, my pastor, Jerry Lawson, came in from Alabama to, to give the message on First Ways. It was so incredible. And then yesterday was First Saturday Serve. We, we give the first Saturday of every month. The way we serve, we're just going to give the first Saturday in serving other people. And so there were dozens of people out yesterday just meeting needs. In fact, I think there were about three, at least three projects yesterday that were focused on veterans and uh, uh, Base Camp Lindsay. And then there was a, a group that was building a wheelchair ramp for a veteran. And then there was another group that's doing, uh, they got a grant from one of the home improvement stores here in town for nearly $20,000 to do work on a veteran's home, new carpet, new windows, new paint, all kinds of stuff. Come on, can we just give God thanks for that? Pretty incredible. And as, as part of the first principle of the first for us, it's the first Sunday of the month, and so that means we're doing baptisms, we're doing growth track, it's a tithing weekend, and so we just give the God the first of every part of our lives because that's a, that's a principle that he will bless if when we live that out, and so today, if, if you're one of the 690 people who, who have given your life to Jesus Christ so far this year, and you, you, maybe you gave your life in private, it's time to take that public today through water baptism. And so you can join the 11 people who've already said, they've already declared that public faith through water baptism today in the first service. Uh, there's dozens of people in growth track right now. Those two things happen after every service. And it's, it's, baptism is your next step if you're a new believer. And so we want to encourage you with that. We've got everything you need to be able to, to celebrate that with you today. And then, of course, growth track is for those of you who say, I just I want to be part of this church. I love what's going on here. I want to be part of it. You can be a part of that. Just start through Growth Track today, right after this service. It'll happen in the Growth Track room, all right? So if you got it, say, I got it. Got it. All right, good, good, good. And one more thing I want to mention is that two weeks from today, we're kicking off with a, our, one of our favorite series of the year, At the Movies, all right? At the Movies coming up. 
We're doing three weeks of At The Movies this year, and uh, the reason why it's one of our favorite is because it's such an easy way to get maybe people who are far from God, people who are unchurched into church with us on that weekend. So I want to draw attention to these invite cards that were in your seat when you came in today. Uh, I would love for you to take these. It's a six-pack of them, and I would love for you to just pray. Who does God, who, who, God, who do you want me to bring with me? Who do you want me to have sitting next to me during this service? And I'll tell you, I know who mine is. The young man here in town that I, that I run into when I, when I visit his store. I'm not going to tell you who he is, but I, I'll, give him, I'll, give him, I'll give you his first letter of his first name, B. All right? And his name's Blake, but I, uh, uh, I go that far. But I'm, I'm praying for Blake. I'm asking God, give me favor with Blake. We're always talking. We always end up talking about church and, and, and God. And Hey, bro, we're ready when you're ready. No pressure. I'm, no pressure. But I'm believing God is going to touch his heart. Amen? Amen? And so I want you to do the same thing. Maybe it's a coworker, a friend, uh, someone that you know who's far from God. Can I tell you something? That Jesus cares as much about lost people as he does about found people. Do you know how many more times he cares... For them, 99. 99 more times for lost people than he does found people. So come on. Let's care about what Jesus cares about. He cares about the lost. He cares about people who are not here yet, our friends, our family, our neighbors, our co-workers. Let's get them in the church sitting next to us. And uh, give them the kind of invitation that they'll say yes to. That is, meet them out in the parking lot. Hey, let's walk in together. I'll show you where to go. I'll, I'll help you check in the kids. We'll get some coffee. We'll, we'll, we'll sit together. Hey, let's do lunch after, all right? Are you ready for At The Movies? Because I'm ready for it. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be awesome. And I'm believing for salvation in Jesus' name. A lot of salvations. I'm believing for that. So we're in week four of a series that we're calling Generosity Unleashed. And really, we're just studying about the, how to live in the overflow, how to live in the best of what God has for us. And the only way we can do that is if we live the life he's called us to live, a life of generosity. Our, our theme verse for this series is Proverbs eleven twenty five 25, that says, a generous person, I, I, I want to focus on this word today, I didn't highlight it, but will. A generous person will, not might, not maybe, not if all the chances, not if everything lines up and the stars are, are just in the right place. No, no. Generous people will prosper. It's going to happen. And whoever refreshes others will be what? Be refreshed. It's just part of God's design that we would, that we would be generous and part of that generosity is going to come back to us in, in a in a prosperity. Now, let me clear that word up for you. It's not this wild and crazy prosperity that we hear about in the church today. It's a breath of God into your life. He pushes you into situations that you can't get into on your own. He gives you special favor in your life. All right? And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So, let's take a look at our goal for this series. What we really want is we want for you to, to take a next step. So, wherever you are in your generosity journey, whatever you haven't gotten to yet, whatever is unreached, we want that to become unleashed. Yeah. All right? Is this making sense for you? Because every, every one of us are on a journey. Wherever we at, let's take a step. Wherever we're at, let's go from where we are to the next place. Okay? So, um, so we're not going to recap every week. I'm not going to do what I normally do and kind of give you the rundown of what we talked about over the last few weeks. But you can go online, watch all of the past messages online, uh, YouTube or the church website or 
uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you do that, you can, you can go there and watch. But today, what I want to do is I want to get super practical about, uh, about generosity unleashed. I want to get super practical and help, help show you um, the one thing that people talk about, the, the one argument, the, the number one argument in people's marriages, the number one reason why people get divorced, the number one reason why people can't be generous like they want to is all because of finances. It's all because I just don't have enough. And here's what I believe, that most people want to be generous. Do you believe that? I believe everybody, everybody wants to. Everybody wants to do it, but for too many people, they're living beyond their means. And they're not able to be generous like they want to because they've stretched themselves too far. But then there's a lot of people, if we're just being honest, they can't be generous because they're, they're a lot like Boudreaux. It's a lot like Boudreaux. Boudreaux went to cash a check one time, and uh, I thought this would be a good place for a joke. So if you don't know who Boudreaux is, he's, he's my Cajun friend. So Boudreaux goes to cash a check, and he got paid. It was payday. He goes to the bank, and he says, uh, hey, I'd like to get some, uh, some, some money for this check. And they said, well, you're going to have to sign the check. He said, I'm not doing it. I'm not signing the check. Well, Boudreaux, you can't get the, you can't get the cash unless you sign the check. Well, it's too bad. I'm not signing it. They argued for a few minutes, and he finally just said, you know what? I'm going to go across the street and get the other bank to give me the money for this check. And they said, well, they're going to make you sign it. So he goes across the street, and he says, I'd like to get some money for this check. You're going to have to sign it, Boudreaux. Well, and they argued back and forth. Finally, the teller grabs him by the collar, yanks him across the counter, starts slapping him across the face. Boudreaux, you're going to have to sign this check if you want the money on this check. Boudreaux said, okay, he signed the check. They gave him the money. He went back across the street to the other bank, and he said, I got my money. I got my money. They said, did they make you sign the check? He said, yeah, but you didn't explain it to me like they did. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for laughing. That's good stuff, right? Sometimes we just don't know. I don't, I don't understand. I need somebody to explain it to me, all right? So I'm going to explain it to you today is what I'm going to, I'm going to explain it. So uh, back in the 90s, there was a book that came out, and I actually I read it lately. It's called, um, it's called The Millionaire Next Door. And the, the, the idea of this book is they wanted to understand, they wanted a picture of what do millionaires look like. And so they did this massive study. You should, you should, it's still available. You can, it's still in print. You can go purchase it on Amazon if you like to. It's incredible to learn what a millionaire next door looks like. And so they went to the rich, the rich neighborhoods, the wealthy neighborhoods, and they started looking for millionaires, except they didn't find any. What they found in the rich neighborhoods was people who had a lot of stuff, but they didn't have any money. They were mortgaged to the hilt. They had a lot of debt. They had a lot of things, but they did not have any sort of wealth to speak of, they're surprised by that. So they went to the middle-class neighborhoods. They started looking for rich people, millionaires, right, in the middle-class neighborhoods, and to their surprise, they found a lot of millionaires. They called them the millionaire next door. And what they found was average people who are doing very unaverage things. Normal people, teachers, uh, they, they, they found people who, uh, like, like a, uh, an auctioneers, were, were a high percentage. They found just normal people, firefighters, who were millionaires, 
who just did different things. They budgeted their money. They bought used cars. They never spent more than $50 on a watch. They lived in the same house for many, many years. It was just a different kind of lifestyle. And so what they discovered is that there's a lot of flashy people out there who are just pretenders. They, they're pretending. In fact, the Bible says that one man pretends to be rich. It looks like he has it all. It looks like he's got it, but in the reality is he has what? Nothing. Nothing. Everybody else owns what he has. Uh, in Proverbs 12, 9, it says it's better to be a nobody and yet to have a servant than to pretend that you're a somebody and you can't even put food on the table. It's just, it's just better the other way around. And so last week, we talked about the first 10%. Did we give the first 10% to the Lord? Today, we're going to talk about the other 90%. All right? The, the title of this message is Act Your Wage. Not your age, your wage. And I'm glad you're here to hear this today because I think it's going to bless us. See, the Bible says a lot about money, has a lot to say about money. And we won't get into all of the details and the statistics about what the Bible says about money. But I think God has a lot to say about money because he knows that the love of money is the root of evil. So I want you to understand, money is not evil. It's neutral. It has no power, but the love of money is what's evil. It's when we, it's when we crave it, and Paul even goes on and says that some people have become eager for money. And they've wandered from the faith. They've just desired money. I've got to have more money. More money, more money, more money. They've just become so eager for it that they've pierced themselves with many payments that they can't afford. And that turns into what? A grief. Man, I sure do wish I didn't have this. I, man, I sure wish. It'll be glad, I'll be glad when we can pay this off. So they've pierced themselves with grief. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start by showing. I want to give you two reasons or two problems that I see in our American culture today. All right, there's two problems, and, and um, the first one is this. The, the two problems that I see, and then we're going to get into what I want you to do about it, okay? Here's what I want you to know, then we'll get into what I want you to do. Two problems. Number one is we have a, a consumer mindset in America. We have a consumer mindset. In, in the book, Millionaire Next Door, they discovered that about 80% of um, first-time millionaires were... Check this out. They were first-generation Americans. They weren't from America. See, they were used to living on beans and rice. They were used to stewarding what they had because they didn't know if they were going to be able to eat tomorrow. And so they became millionaires because they didn't spend it all. But we have, in the Western world, we have very much a consumer mindset that says, I need more possessions, I need more money, I need more stuff in order to make me happy. I need more things in order to fulfill my life. But I think this is why John says everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the things that you're looking at with your eyes, the, the pride of life, if I just had more possessions, if I just had more power, if I just had newer stuff, then I would be happy. But John says that doesn't come from the Father. It comes from where? It's, it's, a, it's a desire that God didn't put inside of us. 
to, to be so impulsive and going after all of these things that we're leveraging our future for what we could have right now. And so I think, I think that's why the psalmist says in Psalm 37, 4, you've got to seek your happiness in the Lord. See, if you're, if you're hoping that that new car will satisfy your soul, it will not do it. If you're hoping that that new house is going to make you happy, I'm telling you, you'll be disappointed. And I think that's why the psalmist said you've got to make sure your happiness is found in God. And if your happiness is rooted in the Lord, then he'll give you happiness. Let me, let me say it this way. If, you're, if your heart's desire is to be happy in the Lord, he won't disappoint you. He'll make sure that you're happy in the Lord. I'm not saying happy for everything else that you could want in life, that you, that you would be fulfilled by God and God alone. That's, that's, that's one of the first things that Jesus teaches us in the Sermon on the Mount and the beautiful attitudes that we are poor in spirit. We are nothing without him. We can do nothing. We can accomplish nothing. We, we can be fulfilled by nothing other than a relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? So that's what I want you to get today, but there's, there's this... There's this consumer mindset that I need more. More will make me happy. So I thought what we'll do is we'll talk about some of these characteristics of the consumer mindset, all right? Um, and normally when I give you notes, these are all in your notes, but normally I would personalize it. I would make it like I will surrender my life or I will um, give all that I can. I will go all in. But today I said they because I know that when we talk about money, we probably don't want to say me, but we, we feel a whole lot better if we go, well, they. It's not me, it's, it's all the other people. You know, I don't have a problem with consumer mindset, it's, it's all of them, right? So this is kind of like just to help you out a little bit, all right? So it might not be you, but it probably is you. Just, just. Here's characteristics of consumer mindset is they live paycheck to paycheck. 78% of Americans are struggling to act their wage. They're struggling. They're living paycheck to paycheck. How are we going to make ends meet? How are we going to pay these bills? And some people believe that if I just had more money, if I just had more money, it would solve all of my problems. But here's the truth. It doesn't matter how much money you make. If you can't manage what you have right now, you won't manage what you make in the future. Because whoever is faithful in the little things is the one who's going to be ruler over many things. That's it. So, so if, if you just think money will solve all your problems, you will be sorely disappointed. Oh, pastor, if I just won the lottery, glory to God, hallelujah, it would take away all of my worries. If I won the lottery, I'd give 50% of it to the church. No, you would. Don't you? Don't. We would welcome it. But if you ain't even given 10% now, I'm going to move right on. <laughs> they asked the wrong questions. That's the next characteristic of the, the, the consumer mindset is asking. They're asking things like, how much money is it going to take? Like, how much do I have to put down in order to get the payment where I need it to be? They're asking things like, what's the most I can get for the least amount down? They're asking things like, hey, how, many, how, how far out can I finance this thing? Do you go 120 months? They're asking questions like that to get the payment down. 
And they're not counting the real cost. They're not counting the cost of their peace and their joy and their love. They're not counting the cost of being able to say yes to the things that God has called them to say yes to. And they're leveraging the future. Uh, here's another one. Number three is they, they are unprepared for tough times. We're in a tough time right now. But financially, in America, we're kind of navigating a storm of inflation, a storm of economic uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen with housing markets, all of these different things. We're navigating it. But a lot of people are really stressed out because they're unprepared for the tough times. What's going to happen if I lose my job? I don't have any savings. I don't have anything to keep me, to hold me over. And some people would want to blame the man. It's just the man. The man's got his foot on us. No, no, no. It's not the man. It's the mindset. It's not the man. It's the mindset. So we, we, we got to start changing our mind, shifting our mind. Here's, here's the third, fourth thing about this consumer mindset is people want everything now. I just want it now. Like, I deserve, Pastor Ben, I deserve a good life now. I deserve to have all of the good things now. And, and, and here's the thing. You can have it all right now. Thanks to a buy now, pay later, 12 months, same as cash. <laughs> Call right now. It's, you can have it all. In fact, there's a lot of young marrieds in the room today. Uh, you, young marrieds. Uh, so many young marrieds want now what it took their parents decades to achieve. They want right now what it took decades for their parents to get. And, and I just want to tell some young marrieds in the room today, you're rushing, you bought your first house, congratulations, that's awesome. But you're rushing out to, to purchase furniture, to, to finance the furniture so that you can have a, an Instagram-worthy home. And I'm just telling you, it's okay to eat on a card table for a little bit. It's okay. It's okay to put a, to put a cover over that nasty, ugly sofa that you got handed down. It's, it's okay. It's okay to buy a used lawnmower instead of a new one. It's okay to buy a used car. It's okay to do those things. Can I, let me say it this way. It's okay to be content with what you have. All right? It's okay for that. And so I just want to help somebody today. That's all I'm trying to do is help somebody. So, so that's, the, that's just the first point. The first problem with, that I see is consumerism, consumer mindset. But if we're not careful, a consumer mindset keeps us from, from being able to do what God's called us to do. And it actually leads to number two. It leads us to credit mania. Credit mania. Oh, we just swipe that card away. Swipe. See some new shoes, swipe. Scroll in Amazon, click, right? It's, it's, not even, it's not even a swipe anymore, it's a click. And you get it in two days. So it, it's credit mania. So I'll talk to all the young people for a second, high school seniors, um, some, some college students, some young adults in the room. There's a world out there that awaits you where you can have everything right now. You can have it now. All you've got to do is sign up for that credit card. That's all you've got to do. And, and guess what? They'll give you $200 credit if you do it today. Right? Look, God has provided $200. It must be the Lord. I'm going to sign up for this. And they're banking on you spending 500 
and taking about six months to pay off the 300. That's what they're banking on. And so, so it's credit mania. It's this idea that I can have it all just by the swipe of a card. And before you know it, young people, you've got two or three cards. They've got a balance on them. And you're starting to stress out because you're not out, even out of college or you haven't even started your career. And you've got a school loan and you've got credit card debt and a car payment. I must be meddling. Because you know what I'm talking about. It's so easy to get into. So let me show you this. Proverbs says it's the rich who rule over the poor. It's the servant, the borrower who is servant to the lender. You just feel like you can't get away from it. You got it every month. Your, your money is already designated. Your paycheck is already spent before you get it. And so there's a different way that we can do this. Let, let, me, let me talk about this um, cost of impulse though. Impulse is huge. It's, it's a big reason why we just swipe. We see something. We want it. And we swipe the card. Let me show it to you. Um, this is, this is uh, today statistics, all right? Today in America, about eight, the average American has $8,000 in credit card debt. I don't know if I told you that this message is going to be really practical. <laughs> but I think sometimes the most practical things can end up being the most spiritual things for us. So... Now, I know some of you don't have any credit card debt, and that's amazing, but others of you here, you have twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 of credit card debt, and you feel the burden of that, and the only way for you to manage it is to open up a new card and transfer the payments and the debt, and so average American has $8,000 in credit card debt. If you just pay $120 a month, it'll take you 30 years to pay that off, 30 years to pay off $8,000. And I know some people would say, Pastor, it's only 120 bucks a month. I mean, that's, that's nothing compared to what my salary is. You're right. It's not, it's not the end of the world. But look at this. Here's what you pay over the 30-year period. You pay $60,381. $52,000 of that is interest that you're paying for who knows what. Some snakeskin boots. I don't know what you got, right? <laughs> It was awesome. You needed it, and it's been sitting in the cupboard or the closet for the last 10 years. So, so, so that's, that's the cost. But let me show you something else. Let's get weird for a second. What if we got weird? And we, we, what if we started investing that money? What if we said, you know what? Over the next several years, I'm going to put $8,000 away into a mutual fund, into an investment account. I'm, I'm just going to invest it I don't, I, and over the next... 30 years, let's see what happens. Over 30 years, $8,000 turns into $239,679. That's the real cost of the credit card. It's not the $60,000. It's what could have been $240,000. Are you following me? So we just got to change our mindset. Get out of the consumerism mindset. Get, get out of this credit mania that keeps us in bondage, it keeps us living paycheck to paycheck. And here's what I want to encourage you with. Don't, don't serve your money. Make your money serve you. Hey, don't be a slave to your money. Make your money be a slave to you. You tell your money where to go. Too many people, well, I can't do that because, because your money is in control of you. So let's, let's get in control of our money. So if, you don't, if there's not a heart change, if there's not a mindset shift, we're going to stay stuck in this cycle, cycle of consumerism, cycle of credit. And so 
what we've got to do is we've got to move from self-destruct to self-control. Self-destruct to self-control. In fact, Proverbs says, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. In other words, you're vulnerable to anything because you have no control. Self-control is not a bad word. It's actually a fruit of what? The Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to be self-controlled, the power to be able to do things that we didn't think we could do on our own. And by the way, you're going to need the Holy Spirit's power to get your finances under control because it's a spiritual principle. So um, with, let me teach you a word. This word will help you act your wage. This word's going to help you get out of debt. This word, it has the power to has the power to help you live beneath your means. And this word, really simple, it's the word no. It's incredible. No. I, I want to I I um, help you with this because it's a very difficult word to say sometimes. It's only two letters, but it's difficult to say. So would you practice with me? Say, everybody say no. No. All right, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Let's do it one more time. Say no. No. All right, that's good. I like it. I like it. All right. So I'm just trying to help you say no. Ladies, all the ladies, say no. No. Ladies, do you really need to get your nails done? Yes. <laughs> What's up with that, huh? Yeah, I mean, I want you to think about it for a second. Have you, have you ever seen a group of guys go, look at the nails on her? Nobody's ever said that, right? All right, all, to all the men in the house. Now, men, you, you, don't, necessarily, you don't necessarily spend a, a lot of money all the time, but when you do spend some money, I mean, you, you break the bank. Come on, ladies, right? Men, do you really need that new rifle? Come on, men, do, do you really need that new side-by-side? Oh, man, it's starting to go downhill fast. <laughs> so I'm just trying to help you say no, because here's the thing. If you say no now, guess what you get to do in the future? You get to enjoy some things. You get to say yes in the future. If you say no now, you get to say yes to what God has in store in the future. If you say no now, you get to say yes to that swimming pool in your backyard 10 years from now. If you say no now, you get to say yes to Hawaii. Come on, somebody. Woo, Honolulu. I want to go there. Yeah. You get to say, say no now so you can say yes later. Everybody say no one more time. No. All right. Good job. Good job. Good job. I, I love it. We've got we've to say no. So what do I do? How do I do this, Pastor Ben? How do I, how do I get into this new, this new mindset? Okay. Um, it's going to take some work. I've already told you that. You're going to have to you're, you're gonna have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're going to need him along the way because what... What's got to happen is a mindset shift, okay? So here's the first thing that you can do to act your wage. Here's number one, build a budget. Not build a bear. Build a budget. Build a bear is what breaks the budget. We're trying to build a budget. Now, this is where we steward the 90% wealth. 10% is going to God's house, right? The other 90% is what we get to steward. 
But we have to steward it. When I say a budget, I don't mean just checking your bank account on your phone and going, well, I've got $342 in there. No, you're not thinking about the fact that there's a couple purchases that haven't cleared, that your water bill is due, that your rent's coming up at the end of the month. You haven't, you haven't thought about that. And so I'm talking about a real budget. And if you don't know where to start, we've kind of created a web page for you. If you go to cityhopefamily.com finances, we just put some tools on there. There's five or six forms that actually come out of a, a small group that we do here. Uh, there's a budgeting example. There is a debt snowball example. There's a cash flow example. Uh, there's a couple of uh, apps that we recommend. Uh, both have free and paid versions. Start there. Go to the website. Uh, fool around on that. Click on some links and, and get started there. But here's the thing, 65% of Americans don't budget, which explains why 78% live paycheck to paycheck. It starts here. We've got a budget. And so um, one, another thing that I would, I would say, if, if, if you're thinking, man, I could, I could use some help in this area, we offer a small group called Financial Foundations. Now, we're about to wrap up a small group semester, but at the end of January, early February, we'll kick off another semester and we currently have a couple of these groups going, a couple dozen people going through it. I'm hearing great reports of how they're paying off debt. They're getting their finances in order. And it's amazing. But you, sometimes you just need to get around other people to realize, A, we're not alone. B, it's doable. Yeah. Like, we can do this. Like, like, this is possible. Okay? Now, if you said, Pastor Ben, I can't wait till January. Like, like we, we are desperate. We need help right now. We cannot wait until the end of January. I want to encourage you to send an email to stewardship at cityhopefamily.com. It's our stewardship department. We have multiple um, financial coaches within our church who love to sit down with people. They get a lot of joy out of sitting down with couples, working with them financially to help them get on a plan, to get on a path that, that will bring them great relief and great joy in their life. And so I think this is part of what the church is supposed to do, right? We're supposed to be there for each other. We're supposed to be there to help along the way. And so send that email and we'll get back in touch with you and help connect you to a financial coach. All right. Does that sound like a plan? All right. Good, good, good. Because here's why we do that. We do it because the plans of the diligent lead to profit. If you say to yourself, well, I can do it by myself. I would say, how's that working out for you? All right. As surely as haste leads to poverty. We can't do it alone. We need some people to come alongside us. So number one, we're going to build a budget. Number two, we're going to pray before I pay. Pray before I pay. This message is all sorts of alliteration this weekend. Love it. Pray before I pay. We got some rhymes going on. Um, you're on a budget. Thank God for that. You're on a budget now, but you're at home. It's downtime. You're scrolling Amazon. And you come across the life-changing product that will take your family to a whole new level. You're scrolling. Honey, you're not going to believe this. Remember, when we, remember the other day when we were talking about this? And, and, and uh, here it is. It's on my phone. Can you believe it? We just talked about it, and now here it is. 
this is going to bring our family so much joy. It's gonna, we're going to be so fulfilled in life when we get this $39.95 popcorn maker. It's going to make the world a difference for us. Our, fi- our family can finally rest at night knowing that we can eat our own kettle corn. Think about how much money it's going to save us. And you buy it, and you make kettle corn once, and then what happens? Oh, it sits in your cabinet for the next 10 years. What a great purchase, right? And because you got 10% off when you put it on the Amazon card, it was a smart decision. Now, here, I'm just going to say, slowly walk away. Just put your phone down, slowly walk away. You, you don't need it, all right? So let me give you something that you're going to think is crazy. It, but it works. All right, here it is. I don't know that this is in your notes, but jot it down. Anything under $100, you're going to wait three days to purchase it. I can't do that. It's on sale. It, what, what are you talking about? Listen, it happened this week. We were at Sam's, which, by the way, Pastor Andy a couple weeks ago talked about, y'all want to know where preachers get their clothes? Sam's Club. All right, this is where I got this at, Sam's Club. So we're in Sam's Club, and I came across uh, a, a nice jacket. Uh, it's like a, a sports jacket, and, and I thought, man, I could, I could use something like that. I, it's nice. It's nice, 30 bucks. It's not, it's not like going to break the bank. And then Annalise found there was a blazer. Looked sharp on her. She looked so good in this blazer. But together, it's like $60. I'm like, well, we'll just wait three, do- th- three days. If, we're, if we still are passionately in love with these things in three days, and we have the resources, then Maybe we come back and get it. But what you're going to realize is that in three days, I don't need it. It's not that big of a deal. You realize that the imp- it's just impulse. So under $100, you wait three days. $100 to $1,000, you wait one week. Seven days. Pastor Ben, I, like this TV could change our life. I mean, it's 86 inches like CeeDee Lamb will be in my living room. This is incredible. Like, if we do this now, it's going to change the world. And it's, normally it's $1,050, but right now it's $9.99. Okay. Wait a week, and if, and if you still are so desperate for it, spend the extra $50. But what you'll probably realize is that the, the only thing as good as having an 86-inch TV is having a friend who does. You didn't have to buy it. That's what they say about a boat. That's what they say about the lake. The only thing as good as having a pool is having a friend who does. So, wait a week. Now, if it's over $1,000, we're going to wait a month. Ah, Pastor Ben, you are spoiling all the fun. Listen to me. It's a, it's a change of mindset. It's just saying, hey, n- not a no, but not right now. We're going we're gonna to break impulse off at the knees. Is this making sense to you? So we're, we're not giving in to, into this impulsive behavior. And you may think that's impossible, but listen, it will be if you're not self-controlled. So we have to work on that because um, Jesus says, seek him first. We're going to pray about it. We're going to seek first the kingdom of God. We're going to seek first. What do you have to say? What are you speaking to me? What do you want to say to me? All right, I got to hurry. Should, do I need it? Is this going to help the kingdom? All right, number three is establish an emergency fund. Okay, um, some, some people call it an oh-no fund. Some people call it an oh-sugar cookie fund or an oh-shut-the-front-door fund. But 
Other people call it other funds. But the idea is you put $1,000 aside for a rainy day. $1,000? Pastor Ben, we can't do that. How am I supposed to put $1,000 aside? You, you sell some baseball cards. You sell some jewelry that you don't wear anymore. You do a yard sale. You, uh, you start eating ramen noodles instead of going to the Taki ramen place. Come on. You just go to, go to Sam's and buy a whole case of it, live off of rice and beans for a month. You got $1,000 right there. You, you just get serious about it. You pick up a second job. You're, you're delivering pizza. You're, you're, uh, you're mowing people's yards. Whatever it takes, you do that to build a $1,000 emergency fund because the wise are the ones who store up. It's the wise people because you don't know when that, when that tire is going to blow or when that washing machine needs to be fixed or when there's a field trip at school or lunch money is due, all kinds of, all kinds of things that could come up. You, you just don't know. So establish the emergency fund. Number four, ditch unnecessary debt. Ditch the debt. Ditch the debt. Um, we're talking about eliminating unnecessary overhead. And I want to speak specifically about uh, uh, just some debts that we have for a moment. Dave Ramsey calls it the debt snowball effect. How many of you have ever heard of the debt snowball? I talked to a young man in first service who he'd never heard of it. He's like, thank you for this. Thank you. Talked to somebody else who said, man, I always hear this in other settings. I never hear it in church. And so I'm trying to help you. But this will help you get out of debt quicker than anything, all right? It's not in your notes, but you can take a picture on the screen if you'd like. But this just represents six kinds of debt that maybe you have something similar. And, and you have the, the kind of debt it is, how much is owed on it, the minimum payment. And then uh, I want you to notice that it's the lowest balance up here all the way down to the highest balance at the bottom. So what you're going to do on a debt snowball is you're going to find $200 extra dollars somewhere that you can begin paying towards your lowest debt. Man, where am I going to find $200? Maybe you cut cable, or you cut uh, TV, or you cut Amazon, or you, you, cut, you cut something. It, uh, I, I'm not cutting my lattes. Okay. That's $100 a month. I know some people who go, they get a hot drink every day. $5 on average. That's $100 a month that you can cut out. You've got half of it right there. Find a way, cut some expense. You've got $200, and you're going to apply it to this minimum payment here for Old Navy. You went to Old Navy because school was starting, and their clothes fit your kids better than any other clothes on planet Earth. We know. And so you just had to go there. And because it was back to school time they were running a special and you got you got $15 off if you opened up the credit card with a 30.99% interest that's for real the interest rate on that card some of you are like holy smokes we got to pay that off right so you start paying 250 a month on that you've paid it off in 2 months now now you're going to roll that 250 into the academy gift card because the academy card because you went to academy and it was Father's Day, and they had a smoker, and you thought your husband needs this smoker. Or maybe it wasn't you. Maybe, man, you thought you needed the smoker, right? 
So, so you get the smoker, and, and it's 650 bucks, and now you're going to roll this 250 into the 30. Now you're paying 280 over three months. You've got it knocked out. You're going to roll that 280 into the 200 on the Amazon card. Now you're paying 480 a month on that card. You've got it knocked out in a matter of about four months. Now you're going to roll that 480 into the 30. Are you following me? And then after that, you run the 510 into the 400. You're, you're making a $400 month car payment. Now you're going to add a 510 principal payment on that. You've got it knocked out in way less than a year. And then school, you're going to knock that payment out in a year as well. So if you just did this by the minimum payments, it would take you 120 months to pay it off. If you snowball it, you just paid it off in 21 months. Come on, somebody. It just takes a mindset shift. And, and if you want to know something even crazier, if you invest this $1,110, if you invest that for, for 99 months, you end up with like $160,000. It's just you got to change our mindsets. And so, um, so we're going to pay off this debt. We're going to get serious about it. Why? Because... We're like a gazelle. We got to be like a gazelle. We got to get away from the hand of the hunter. If you go read this proverb, it has a lot to do with, with, um, with finances, with, with money. If you look at it, he says, free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter. Get away from that like a bird from the snare of the fowler. Flee from the debt. See, there's power in saying no to things. There's power in saying no now so you can say yes later. There's power in that. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, he says, no one can serve two masters. You, you can't do it. It's impossible. You either hate the one and love the other or you will become devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. And I don't know about you, but money, money makes a great tool. It makes a great servant, but it is a terrible master. It's time for us to change our mindset about this. And, and here's the thing. There's a solution for you. There's a solution for you to, to be able to change your mindset, to be able to get out of debt, to be able to build a budget, all of that. And, that. and that is that you have to go all in. You can't just hope that it'll happen. Hope is a great motivator. It is a terrible strategy. We've got to change our minds. We've got to put some faith into action here. We've got to get serious about some things. We've got to begin stewarding the 90% well. Telling our money where it's supposed to go instead of it telling us where we're, where we're going to go, right? So say no now so you can say yes later. Now here's the thing. For some people in the room today, the way you see finances, the way you see money, is it's your way to make you happy. It's your way to fill a void in your life. And you run out and you put things on a credit card. You buy things. You, you leverage your future in debt to fill a void that only God can fill. It's a void that will never be satisfied until you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I don't know who that's for today, but I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Would you bow your heads with me today? 
close your eyes and if you're here and you'd say Ben that's me I am desperate for a move of God I'm desperate for a relationship with God in my life I need I need a relationship with Jesus I've been doing it my way I've been living life by my own standards by my own decisions I've been living in a way searching for hope searching for destiny searching for fulfillment but I know now that it is only gonna come through Jesus Christ and if you're here today and you don't know Jesus you don't have a personal relationship with him but you want to you want to surrender you want to give your life completely to the Lord today if that's you on the count of three I want you to boldly lift your hand one two three come on slip up your hand say that's me I'm going all in today I see you one two three four anybody else five anybody else would say that's me Ben I'm going all in six seven so proud of every one of you eight nine so proud of you ten thank you for your honesty thank you for saying I'm ready to go all in I'm ready to give my life to Christ I see you see you back here. God bless you. All right, let's say this prayer together. Let's make a commitment to God today. This is not a commitment about money. It's a commitment about our hearts, giving them to God. Come on, say this with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender. I give my life to you. I recognize I'm nothing without you. Only you can fill this emptiness. Only you can fill this void. I give you my life. Will you be my Lord, my Savior, my best friend? And from this day forward, I will live for you. I'll serve you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen.